0: If you dare. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With your first look at this week's college football lines, this
2: is College Lines Revealed on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Here's Jonathan Von
1: Tobel. What's up, folks? Welcome in. Best time of the week. College football lines revealed. The market's about to open up any minute from now, so we'll give you an update as these lines get posted for the next week of college football. Already week nine when it comes to the week of action for college football. Or week eight. We're somewhere in there. Uh, Let's take a look. Week nine look-aheads, and we'll talk about these numbers as they start to appear on the board again. Circa first to market with the entire board. We do have some look-aheads from last week to look at from DraftKings. Let's start. SEC matchup, Kentucky on the road against Tennessee, pretty interesting game for multiple reasons. First of which, a lot of people I think expected UT Martin a little bit of a letdown spot for Tennessee coming off of one of the biggest wins in program history, not the case. They take care of business, Tennessee does against UT Martin with a really big win cover as a 39 and a half point favorite, 65 to 24. Now, Tennessee will play host to Kentucky who's coming off of a bye week that follows a big win over Mississippi State, and it's an extra week Will Levis to get healthy. You remember Levis did not play in the South Carolina Carolina game, was an injury question going into the Mississippi State game, ultimately played, leading them to victory, and it looks like this is going to be a spot where you get a fully healthy, or at least as healthy as you can be, portion of the season. But look ahead line, Tennessee is a 14-point favorite. Uh, I would venture a guess, no big reason to adjust the number as we get the openers for this week. We'll see if that is going to be the case, Uh, but I will say, Tennessee does have the makings of a team that is starting to be respected by the betting market, uh, right? The line moves in their favor. Very lopsided support of the game against Alabama. Obviously, nothing really to look forward to or glean from a 39 and a half point spread against UT Martin, but it would be fascinating to see what we open up with as Tennessee continues to deliver from an ATS standpoint against Kentucky. We move on from there. It's a rivalry spot so it's worth some love, but Michigan opening up last week as a 23-point favorite at home against Michigan State. The soft schedule continues for the Wolverines, but to give them credit, they continue to deliver from an ATS standpoint as well. Last time we saw Michigan absolutely waxed Penn State. How about some of these numbers for Michigan offensively, especially on the ground against, at the time, was one of the best front stevens statistically in the country 563 total yards against Penn State, 418 yards rushing, 7.1 yards per play. It is hard to see Michigan State, which comes into this as one of the worst teams from an EPA standpoint defensively. Bottling up this rushing attack and J.J. McCarthy, dare we say, uh, against the Wolverines. To give you some idea, though, of Michigan State and how bad it's been in terms of overall EPA per play defensively, 100 in the country, 101st per game, and 114th against the pass. So we'll see if J.J. McCarthy has a pretty good day. But either way, it's been a weak defense, and Michigan has at least shown to this point that they can take advantage. So the look ahead there was minus 23. And as these numbers start to appear, uh, Michigan opens up minus 21. So there's a slight adjustment there, at least from the look-ahead where DraftKings was at. We'll see where the market reacts, but at least initially here, Michigan opening up at circa as a 21-point favorite with a total of 51 and a half. Since these numbers are up, we'll give you the adjustment on Kentucky and Tennessee. Again, the look-ahead DraftKings had Tennessee as a 14-point favorite, circa opening just under that number at minus 13 with a total of 64 and a half. You know, it's interesting. We'll have to ask some of the guys maybe when they're on throughout the week. Uh, from Circa. I've always wondered when you talk about opening up some of these numbers, there are bettors who just like to come in and will just lay numbers right under key numbers. For example, 13. Uh, lay that because it's right underneath 14. We'll see if this gets to 14 in the next 30 minutes or an hour while we're on the air. Uh, but I've always been interested in the strategy of bookmakers opening up a number just under these a key number, considering that you will get players and groups to come in and just play numbers uh, as opposed to sides. So that's a question for maybe later in the week for the Circa guys when they join uh, some of our programs. You move on from there, Ole Miss at Texas A&M. Let's discuss this because uh, disappointing, I would say, for Texas A&M coming into the year as a dark horse candidate in the SEC and now coming out of a game against South Carolina, a loser and under 500 for the first time in the Jimbo era. South Carolina wins 30-24, to 24 and Ole Miss absolutely waxed by LSU yesterday, 45-20 the score there. Market got it right. Market was against LSU, or excuse me, Ole Miss there, supporting LSU, flipping that number from two all the way to two in favor of LSU. And I think we'll see what the market has in store here for Ole Miss in this spot now against Texas A&M, two really disappointing clubs coming into this game. Look ahead, though. Texas A&M minus 2.5. Market opens up. Ole Miss minus 3 on the road with a total of 59.5. So 5.5-point five difference there. Like I say a lot of the times, right, Flipping through zero isn't really worth that much, but we'll say when it was nearly a key number last week, at least at one shop, and now you're talking about sitting on a key number for the other team on the road, relatively surprising, not that Ole Miss is favored, but that they're laying the full three. Remember, before getting smacked around by LSU, they allowed an Auburn team that continues to fight and give them credit under Brian Harson, They allowed an Auburn team to get right back into that game and ultimately almost uh, failed to cover in that contest but still interesting to see a full three there in favor of Ole Miss on the road against Texas A&M. We move on. Ohio State on the road against Penn State. Narratively, it does seem that Penn State have played Ohio State very well. You look at both of these teams coming off of uh, whoopings at their own, of their own right. Ohio State takes care of uh, uh, Iowa 54-10. to Comfortable victory there. Penn State 45, Minnesota 17 yesterday. So I think the the question is, what does Penn State look like defensively in this game against Ohio State? Again, to reiterate, those numbers against Michigan 563 total yards, 7.1 yards per play. And this is an Ohio State team, EPA per play passing wise, first in the country. EPA per play rushing, second in the country on offense. This is going to be interesting to see how Penn State reacts defensively here. As of right now, though, look ahead was 14 in favor, actually 14 and a half in favor of Ohio State. We get this opened up. 15 in favor of Ohio State, total of 61 and a half. 15, kind of dead, right? And above 14, nothing really key there. Where the market goes here, I think it'd be pretty interesting. I would venture a guess that uh, it's not going to go too far in favor of Penn State, but we'll see. And to give Sean Clifford some credit, because... Clifford, I think, on the surface against Michigan, did not perform very well. And this is an Ohio State defense that's looked absolutely fantastic in this portion of the season, doing a lot of different stuff than they were last year. 7 of 19 against Michigan, 120 yards, zero touchdowns, but also no turnover-worthy plays for Clifford. He played a little bit better in that Michigan game than I think a lot of people are giving him credit for. So we'll see if he can do it again, potentially, here against Ohio State. But uh, statistically, one of his worst games in his career against Michigan, and an even better defense, I would say, coming up against Ohio State. Let's go to the Big 12, Oklahoma State. This is, I think, an interesting spot because Oklahoma State comes back in that second half against Texas. Really impressive performance. Overall, a 41-34 to 34 victory for the Cowboys. You wonder what this would be like from a situational standpoint, right? Because Oklahoma State coming off a big win at home. Now you got to hit the road to take on Kansas State. Look ahead here, had Kansas State minus three, but the question on the other side is, what does the quarterback situation look like for Kansas State? Adrian Martinez left with an undisclosed injury after the first drive yesterday, and then in the third quarter, Will Howard was knocked out of the game. We saw freshman Jake Rubley go in through an interception on his first and only pass attempt. So what the quarterback situation is for Kansas State is a massive, uh, massive question as we head into this game. So again, look ahead, Kansas State minus three, I've got circa on my screen, Oklahoma State minus two, uh, with a total of 57.5, so we'll see if that adjusts in any way, shape, or form, uh, but that's going to be the question. Whether or not Martinez can play, obviously his value has skyrocketed since he's gone over there to Kansas State, and do not forget either, Kansas State lost that game to TCU. Uh, they led, though. They had a good lead in that game. I think it was 28-10 to 10 before TCU came storming back and ultimately won that thing by 10, uh, but again, by the way, TCU getting something working in their favor. This run that they have been on has been incredible, uh, but questions at quarterback are going to be the ones that you want to focus on for Kansas State as we head into this game. Let's move on. Back to the SEC. The cocktail party, as they, uh, I guess, used to call it. I don't think they call it that anymore. Florida, Georgia, both coming off of bye weeks. By the way, that Georgia win and whooping of Oregon at the beginning of the year, looking better week by week, right after what Oregon did to UCLA on Saturday. Look ahead, though. Georgia, minus 21 and a half as we look right now on the openers for today. Georgia, Georgia, Looks like that's Georgia Tech. We want actual Georgia. 21 at the open, a 51 and a half, now up to 22. And one of the early moves in terms of a total, 54. So Georgia getting support here in this spot against Florida. Uh, this is, I think, this is really the more fascinating spot for Georgia, right? Because we saw them limp around in some of those games. There's Kent State, there was Missouri, kind of let out some uh, pressure against Auburn, if you will, now coming off of a bye week and a chance to get a little bit healthier. I think that's one of the things that was lost in the stretch of Georgia scuffling against some would perceive as lesser opponents, and rightfully so, uh, is the fact that both sides of the ball, along the defensive line and a wide receiver, this Georgia team early in the season has been a little beat up. Now with a week to kind of mend a little bit and take on a Florida team, which I I think offensively after an opening game against Utah looked pretty good, has been pretty, I think, um, disappointing, especially that passing attack. Anthony Richardson looked fantastic in that first game. Hasn't offered much as a pass for since then. Uh, Right now, 94th in the country Florida is in terms of their passing offense, in terms of EPA. But the big question is going to be a Florida defense, which has not looked really good at all against Georgia offensively and their ability, Georgia, that is, to run the ball against Florida. That's going to be the big question. Florida comes into this game 117th in the country in EPA rushing defense. That is what I would say. It's probably going to be something that Georgia would look to exploit in this matchup. We move on. Notre Dame on the road against Syracuse. Uh, you talk about situations. I do wonder what this looks like. For Syracuse, given what they just went through, Syracuse loses that game to Clemson, 27 to 21. Kate Klubnik goes into that game, saves Clemson from a what was looking like a loss down 21 to 10. Now Syracuse has to overcome that, getting outscored 17 to nothing in the fourth quarter. Their offense in the second half, too, by the way, atrocious. Uh, 29 plays, 90 yards. That's 3.1 yards per play. Three three and outs. Two other drives are just four plays for the Syracuse Orange in that second half against Clemson. So you blow that game. Now you got to come back and host Notre Dame. Watched a good chunk of that Notre dame ULV game yesterday. Not overly impressive for the fighting Irish. Look ahead here. Notre Dame minus one on the board right now. Syracuse minus one. And again, I will stress, look around and shop for these numbers. If you're sitting around right now, you can either, you know, if you like Syracuse, you can go and say, hey, They're, they're, excuse me, yeah, I can lay one, or excuse me, Notre Dame. I can take one. I can also take three because Caesars just opened up Notre Dame plus three. So look around when you're shopping for some of these numbers because there is a wide variance here. And that's one of the first ones that sticks out on the board. Circa opens up Syracuse minus one, Caesars opens them up minus three. We'll see where that number ends up and evens out. Plenty left to get to on this game uh, on this schedule, of course. Uh, let's welcome in one of our experts when we come back. Adam Burke at Skating Tripods, of course, up on Twitter. We talk about Adam's uh, power ratings all the time, but we'll talk about his power ratings coming up next. What he believes uh, has some of the big adjustments and moves after yesterday, and what he's looking at on the board in this week to college football. Don't go anywhere. It's College Football Lines Revealed here on V the Sports Betting Network.
0: Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? This is College Lines Revealed on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
1: What's up, folks? Make sure you are a VEASAN Pro subscriber. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all of our options to be a subscriber. There's a lot of stuff up there, including a $99 deal. Get everything we do now through the Super Bowl. That includes a lot of stuff, pro tools, pro tips. And how about our betting guides that you can get a hold of? NFL. uh, Let's see, NFL. NFL's underway. Uh, How about college basketball coming up pretty soon here uh that's going to be out in the next three weeks or so we've got a world cup guide that's going to be out at the start of the world cup also power ratings in lots of different sports including college football adam burke we get to sift through his power ratings every week on live saturday you can sift through them yourself if you're a pro subscriber up on the website veasan.com/slash subscribe and he's with us now adam good to talk to you buddy a um A week of college football, I will call it. Not as exciting and dynamic as last weekend, but still a lot of key and good results, and now we can use those results to look ahead to this coming week. So let's start at the top. Uh, We go through your power ratings each week on Saturday, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here. I think Tennessee was a little bit of a riser in your rankings after the win and cover over Alabama. What do you make of them in spot against Kentucky because they're playing host. They took care of a letdown spot with relative ease against UT Martin on Saturday, but this opens up under 14. We're talking about 13 right now with a total of 64 and a half
2: yeah so my initial run through updating my power ratings for week nine here actually has this game Tennessee minus 10 so maybe I'm a little bit high on Kentucky I know they had that loss to South Carolina a couple weeks ago but Will Levis didn't play in that game and the Gamecocks are just doing ridiculous things on special teams week after week so (laughs) I don't really put too much stock into that loss for the Wildcats look Tennessee's obviously a great team offensively they're very dynamic with Hendon Hooker but Kentucky's got a solid defense so you know, we'll see what happens with this number. I may have to adjust and go a little bit higher in my power ratings, maybe drag Kentucky down a little bit, maybe bump Tennessee up a little bit. But I, I think, you know, somewhere in that, 12 13 range is probably pretty fair I think anything over 14 well we may see some sharp activity on the wildcats yeah
1: I think we kind of get an indication of that right like I mentioned the fact that this opened up under 14 and even at this point right now where there's some sharps and people that will just go and lay numbers that are like floating around those key numbers at them like the fact that it's just stayed at 13 after opening up under that 14 mark gives us some idea of what at least some of these betters that are involved at this moment think of what this matchup is and where the numbers at right
2: yeah, absolutely. Again, you you, I know that we talk about betting splits all the time and things mm-hmm. like that, but I think the greatest clue is the number itself and what happens to the number. And again, I mean, you're talking about a Tennessee team that they did just beat Alabama. You know, people are talking about them for the college football playoff. Why isn't this 14 or higher? Mm-hmm. So I think that is a really good indicator. And again, we'll have to watch the betting action throughout the week and see if this does stay under 14, or if it goes to 14, 14 and a half, something like that. Is that the point of resistance for the sharp side that kind of brings this thing down a little bit?
1: We'll see. Caesars just hung up 14 in favor of Tennessee. So again, if you're along Adam's line of thinking, you got a Caesars account, open that up. You can bet Kentucky plus 14, which is on the board right now. All right, let's move on from here. I want to go to an interesting spot in the big 12. Uh, What, how much I'll ask you this way. How much have you improved your perception and the worth of Adrian Martinez? Because we saw him go down after that first drive for K-State. I haven't seen an explanation yet for what's going on with Martinez. Uh, and they end up blowing that game. But it's a pretty fascinating spot playing host to Oklahoma State after they came back in that fourth quarter and beat Texas. So what is this number? Like right now we're sitting at, I thought on my screen at least, I've got to two in favor of Kansas state. I'll make sure I have that right now. So now it's down to pick at circa it opened up Oklahoma state too. So it's moving in the direction of K state, but what is, how much does it have to do with Martinez and what his availability is going to be?
2: Yeah, I think it's a really fair question, especially because Adrian Martinez, I mean, he's been night and day from what the player that he was at Nebraska is taking much, much better care of the football. The thing that's really concerning for Kansas state is not only is Adrian Martinez banged up, but Deuce Vaughn is also banged up. Mm-hmm. They have some other players that are less than 100%. And you know, it's just kind of tough to figure out early in the week where they're going to be from a health standpoint. I'll say this. If Adrian Martinez plays, my line here is Kansas State minus four. If he doesn't, I probably have this closer to a pick 'em, maybe Oklahoma State minus one. So it seems like at this point in time, the books are kind of taking a very cautious approach to Martinez's outlook for this game. But as I said, there are some other guys for Kansas State that are banged up a little bit. And, and I'll say this. Mike Gundy and and his staff phenomenal adjustments in that game against Texas. Oh, yeah. I mean Texas scored 3 points in the second half. I have no idea how after watching them in the first half, but also Oklahoma State looked very unprepared for that game and Texas was just gaining chunks. I mean they had big explosive plays in the first half. So, a really really tough game I think to handicap, but again, I think a lot of it hinges on the health status of Adrian Martinez.
1: Yeah, to your point, a lot of broken plays that looked like explosive plays from their running backs out of the backfield for Texas. And then in that second half, everything just died for the Longhorns. Had absolutely nothing. And Quinn Ewers uh, looked pretty mortal in that second half against the Cowboys. All right, we move on from there. Uh, Interesting spot, I think. What do we make of uh, the come down or whatever you want to call it for Syracuse after blowing that game against Clemson? Uh, We saw Klubnik go in, take over for the Tigers. It was a 21-10 lead in that game for the Orange. It ends up in a 27 21 loss. The second half offense was atrocious. And I would say as one of like 10 people who watched a good chunk of that Notre Dame UNLV game out of that, it wasn't an overly impressive final score. And like uh, I thought level of play for the Irish against a really shorthanded UNLV team. We're talking about Syracuse minus one right now in total of 45 and a half.
2: Yeah. I was on live bet Saturday with Ben Wilson and Ben Fox yesterday. And, and this game was one that we were falling along with for obvious reasons. And you know, the, the Notre Dame thing, the fact that in the second half, they just, they showed no killer instinct whatsoever. Yep. You know, they just kind of went through the motions, let UNLV hang around. It was kind of a win and get out type of thing. And I don't like that because Notre Dame's offense has not been particularly efficient. Drew Pine has not thrown the ball well. I wanted to see them kind of put their foot on the gas a little bit. And they did the complete opposite and just sort of you know lazily went through the rest of that game. I made a pretty significant adjustment to both of these teams in my power ratings this week. I have Syracuse minus one and a half. Um, you know, for Syracuse, one thing I didn't realize with them, how good their yards per play differential is this season. Mm. They've been really, really good in that department their defense is dramatically better than we've seen over the last few years. So Syracuse minus one and a half for me after some pretty ample adjustments to both of these teams.
1: Uh, I will say too, uh, it wasn't the play that decided the game, but it doesn't help that you get called Syracuse for a uh, hit out of bounds on the quarterback for a Clemson that saved a drive. Uh, but your quarterback is absolutely demolished on the sideline. Ah, nothing. Uh, we're going to swallow that flag and force you to punt. Interesting uh, set of circumstances for the Orange. All right, we'll move on from here. A lot of other games to get to. Adam Burks with us again. College Football Betting Podcast. That's the channel. Adam's on it. Uh, multiple episodes. That includes this show and others throughout the week. Ohio State on the road against Penn State. Let's go to the Big Ten Uh, Interesting spot here for Penn State. Absolutely waxed by Michigan a couple of weeks back. Uh, Offensively, the Michigan Wolverines did whatever they wanted. Well over 500 yards. And I would say, Adam, a better offense coming to town here for Penn State. This number opened up 15. So kind of, again, numbers your clue. This thing opens up a point over a key of 14, and we're not really seeing a rush of support for the Nittany Lions, at least early over at Circa.
2: Yeah, I've got this one, Ohio State, minus 18. And it's an early kickoff in Happy Valley. It won't be a whiteout or anything like that. For whatever reason, Ohio State has problems with Penn State all the time. So that'll be the narrative that you kind of hear about this week throughout. But for Penn State, as you mentioned, I mean, they got trucked by Michigan, and and that was a spot where I had Michigan minus 11 in my power ratings. Game was minus seven. Clearly, my number was a little bit better in that one. And last week for Penn State, look, I don't think Minnesota is all that good. And Tanner Morgan didn't play, and that definitely helped quite a bit. But Minnesota going into their game a couple of weeks ago against Illinois, they were number one in the country in third down conversion rate, both for and against having played a really pathetic schedule. They were one of the biggest regression candidates in college football. So I didn't really give Penn state any credit for blowing out Minnesota in that game, which is why my line is 18 on this one. And I I think that this one's more likely to go up than it is to come down. But again, you will hear that narrative all week of, well, Ohio state, Always has trouble with Penn State yep. and this and that. But Ohio State, they they were healthier last week. Jackson Smith and Jigwell was on a pitch count. The two running backs were back in the lineup for the first time together. It feels like all year. Ohio State's rounding into form, and maybe Penn State is too, but I just don't think they're good enough to compete with the Buckeyes.
1: All right, let's get you out of here on one more SEC contest. Um, Ole Miss on the road against Texas A&M. Disappointing results for both teams. Disappointing season for Texas A&M. They lose outright South Carolina. Ole Miss absolutely smacked to the face by LSU. Look ahead here, had Ole Miss on the road, catch a a two-and-a-half opener today if we're looking at Texas A&M, at least as it sits Catching three, total of 54 and a half. What do your numbers come out here?
2: Yeah, I got little Miss minus two and a half in this one. And and again, a pretty big adjustment to Texas A&M this week, who I had yep. a bigger favorite against South Carolina last week, and Gamecocks ran back the opening kick. Spencer Rattler did not play well again, but the Gamecocks now in the top 25. They're a team that, uh, sad to say, being a Gamecocks fan, I will be looking to fade here soon. But for Texas A&M, just another lackluster performance against a pretty middle-of-the-road, mediocre SEC team. There's a reason why they're catching two and a half or three here in the market at home against Ole Miss. And it says a lot about the current state of the Aggies. And I think just as a general talking point, look at Texas A&M, you look at Miami, you know, guys like Mario Cristobal and Jimbo Fisher (laughs) that are widely regarded as great recruiters, their teams just aren't very good. So, you know, we'll see if that comes to fruition here again for the Aggies this week at Kyle Field.
1: Adam, always good to talk to you, buddy. Thank you very much for the time today.
2: Absolutely. Take it easy, JBT.
1: Adam Burke again at Skating Tripods, one of the many voices you hear on this channel, that channel being, of course, the College Football Betting Podcast on vcin anywhere you get your podcasts make sure you check that out and check out adam's work up on vcin.com you can find out all of our subscription offers and info at vcin.com slash subscribe all right when we come back this board's lighting up we got a lot of moves total sides we'll go over the biggest movements both side and total on the other side and get to some of the uh, lesser known games i'm fascinated tcu's on the road against west virginia can they continue to take care of business in these spots
2: College Lines Revealed on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
1: Welcome back in. College Football Lines Revealed here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel. All right, let's do what we usually do here. Uh, we have quite a bit. You want to go to pro tip first? Or you want to go to line moves first, guys? Let's go line moves first then. Biggest line moves uh, of the early 30 minutes on the market. Let's start. We start with point spreads as we always do. Notre Dame taking on Syracuse. This is, a, I think this is one of the more interesting games on the board. It's not the best slate of contests this week in college football, uh, at least from a narrative standpoint, but this is pretty intriguing. Notre Dame looking eh, okay, against UNLV. Syracuse coming off of that blown game against Clemson. Notre Dame opens up as a two-point favorite here. Syracuse, though, now the two-point favorite in this matchup, as we talked about with Adam Burke, uh, who, by the way, you can find him work, again, at VSEN.com. He made this line one and a half. See if Syracuse can uh, respond after blowing that game against the Clemson Tigers. We move on. Coastal Carolina and Marshall. Coastal Carolina opens up as a one-point favorite. It is now Marshall, who is a two-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Total, as also we'll get to later, has some movement there as well. Baylor and Texas Tech. Interesting spot here for Baylor, who offensively has shown uh, a little bit of life for the last couple of weeks. Kind of Baylor opens up as a one point favorite. We are now looking at Baylor as a two point underdog on the road in Lubbock against the red Raiders go from here. Charlotte taking on rice. Charlotte opens up as a 14 point underdog. Now catching 17 in this matchup with the owls Rutgers, Pretty impressive performance, we'll call it, uh, against Indiana yesterday, now taking on Minnesota. Uh, Rutgers opens up catching 10, now catching 13. This is pretty fascinating. Minnesota offensively has looked abhorrent over the last couple of weeks. uh, We saw what happened against Penn State, and also, as Adam noted when we talked to him just a couple of minutes ago, the fact that this was one of the bigger regression candidates. Remember, at one point we were on this show talking about Minnesota when they were undefeated. Tops in the nation offensively in a lot of metrics. Uh, Now, right now, not the case. And against a Rutgers team that has some pop defensively. Interesting to see where this line goes, but respect there early for Minnesota. Go to the Pac-12. Big spot for Oregon uh, in a very big way. I would say very much not an indicator of the final score of how, how easily Oregon took out UCLA yesterday. Oregon opens up 12 Not a surprise. This goes up to 14.5. Credit to Cal. Closed as a 7.5-point underdog against Washington. Just got inside with the hook with a 7-point loss Saturday night. Oklahoma State taking on Kansas State. And this is one of the more interesting moves. Okie State opens up two. This goes down to pick. Uh, As Adam noted, this is what you want to find out. Quarterback questions about Adrian Martinez, who got injured after the first drive last night for K-State. If he plays, K-State, as Adam noted, should be probably closer to about four or so. If he doesn't, he thought pick was a little bit more fair. Thought minus two was more of a number that indicated maybe Martinez does not play, and I think the market is responding as such, driving this thing back down. But again, it's not just Martinez, and that's what makes this pretty interesting. Will Howard also banged up for them, Their uh, their backup quarterback, and some of their better players on offense. So a very interesting line to keep track of throughout the week. But again, the initial move, Okie State minus two, goes immediately to pick. Cincinnati taking on Central Florida, a big matchup in the American and an interesting matchup because Cincinnati kind of playing with its food last couple of weeks, uh, take on SMU yesterday, barely, or should be Temple, get barely get by 29-27. Uh, I think that was SMU, actually. I have my notes incorrect. Either way, uh, UCF coming off of their loss to East Carolina. This opens up Cincinnati minus two. Not a surprise that Central Florida getting a little bit of support here from two, now down to pick. Old Dominion and Georgia State, Old Dirty to U, touching six initially. We are now down to four in favor of Georgia State. Let's move on to the totals here. Charlotte and Rice, bigger move on the board, uh, 55.5 at the open, strong support to the over. We are up to 62.5 on the total there. Temple and Navy, one of the lower totals on the board. I say lower because there is a lower total out there. Uh, maybe we'll get to talk about that. Temple and Navy, 33.5 at the open. Bet up a full six points. We are now at 39.5. One of the bigger moves to the under, Wake Forest and Louisville. Right now, sixty-nine, 63.5 after opening up, 69.5. Move from there to Arkansas and Auburn. Total bet up from 56.5 to 62. Louisville, or excuse me, Louisiana Tech and Florida International, 53-and-a-half at the open, bet up to 58-and-a-half. Not a surprise that Ole Miss and Texas A&M, given the fact that the Aggies have not performed very well offensively. This total goes from 59-and-a-half to 54-and-a-half. Interesting to see what Ole Miss does picking up their slack when it comes to the scoring in that matchup. Illinois-Nebraska, really interesting game as Illinois, of course, actually has a very clear path to a Big Ten title game, 56-and-a-half down to 51-and-a-half. USC coming off of an off week, total 73-and-a-half against Arizona, gets bet up five points, 78-and-a-half there. And in the cocktail party, Florida and Georgia, 51-and-a-half at, uh, at the open, up to 56 at the total opening over there at Circa. And uh, from there... We can talk about a little bit more when it comes to some of these opening numbers and where we're at uh, along the board. Wanted to go to first. Do you want to go to pro tip here or you want to wait? Okay, let's go to our pro tip before we get to some of these. And I think this is a really good example of reading the market. I know a lot of people like to look at betting splits, right, and look at where the money's at compared to the tickets. For me, a really good indicator of where the market respect is is the number. I think Adam had a really good line in terms that the number is the clue. It's a really good indicator. Line movement around key numbers. You know, we could talk about the three, the six, seven in college football, right? Because spreads can get bigger, hovering around 14s. A good indicator of where the respected opinion is in each matchup. And let's go to our best example of that or the two of them that we have so far. Tennessee and Kentucky. Circa opens up Tennessee minus 13. If... There were betters, and the market thought that Tennessee was undervalued. Just hovering a point off of that key number of 14, this number would have moved already. And yet here we are, 35 minutes from the open of the market, and Tennessee is still sitting as a 13-point favorite. It gives you an idea that there is no rush of respected money here early today for the Tennessee Volunteers. Now, it hasn't moved off 13. 13's kind of dead, so you don't really see a rush to go and grab it either. But the fact that it has not gone from 13 to 14 – Gives you an indicator where the support is. And let's go to our other really good example of this too Ohio State and Penn State. Again, a number that's kind of floating around that 14 mark, but Ohio State opens as a 15 point favorite against Penn State. Remember, the look ahead for DraftKings was 14 and a half. If there was a rush of support for Penn State, you would see this get down to that 14, maybe even get under 14. That's not the case. And in fact, it opens up 15 in favor of Ohio State, and we still sit at 15 at this point right now with a total of 61.5. And And an even better indicator of this, by the way, Caesars opened up 14. We're now at 14.5. So again... Just giving you an idea, like the number is a really good clue of where the respected opinions are. No betting splits can have that value as well. But personally, I do like to look at some of these opening numbers and where they're moving around these key numbers. It gives you a much better idea of where you're looking at when it comes to respected opinions around some of these uh, around some of these teams. All right. Let's get to some of the games that we haven't really hit on quite a bit here. Uh, interesting spot. I want to go to the SEC, or excuse me, the ACC. 143-144, uh, Miami on the road against Virginia. So we saw Miami, uh, really, I would say. Uh, it's it's interesting because the market seems somewhat stubborn in its belief uh, of Miami, although you can make the argument that just laying 2.5 on the road against Virginia is a little bit of a discount here. But this thing opened up 3 down to two and a half. So again, talking about floating on key numbers and what the market thinks, immediately moving off of the key number does give you an idea that, some sharp betters out there thought that the key number was worth grabbing here in this spot for Virginia, especially at home against a Miami team that might have some questions at quarterback. Jake Garcia, remember, took over yesterday because Tyler Van Dyke suffered an injury, was knocked out of that game. Miami ends up losing in very glorious fashion uh, to Duke, a very poor performance in the first half, and ultimately overall just a poor performance. And this has been a consistently underwhelming Miami team, as we know, losing that game to Duke, getting blowed out by Middle Tennessee. The list goes on and on. For the disappointments for the Hurricanes coming into this year, a team that had a win total of about nine and some aspirations, and I think some spots even had him as a second choice to win the ACC, very disappointing. So the market coming off of them, but what's going to happen at quarterback, and what the market says, by the way, for the difference between these two quarterbacks, Tyler Van Dyke came into this year as an NFL prospect and has since been extremely underwhelming. Might not be a very big difference at all between Garcia and Van Dyke. We'll see if that's going to be the case, but that was a game very much worth monitoring. Let's go to Illinois and Nebraska. So this was one that we talked about too uh, in terms of our line of total moves, but what's interesting is going to be, and again, as we're talking about floating around some of these key numbers and what the market thinks, what this Illinois squad has going for them from a defensive standpoint against Nebraska, Uh, but if the market is right in its respect for this team, because across the board, man, Illinois checks a lot of boxes. And if you want one of the more astonishing stats in college football, at least to me, um, defensively, the fight in the line night, EPA per play, number one in the country, Illinois is coming into this game against Nebraska. This defense has carried them, and their offense has been fine, uh, but we're still talking about marks statistically of about 61, 69 or so for their offense. It is this defense, which has been absolutely elite, when it comes to their strength. And so now, again, with a clear path toward a title game and now on the road in the Big Ten with, at one point, which was considered, I would say, a similarly rated opponent in Nebraska, now laying near a touchdown... It'll be interesting to see if maybe the market's near its high here with Illinois, but I will say that defense deserves respect given how great it has been and statistically again the best defense in the country. And staying in the Big 10, just wanted to uh, note and laugh at the fact that the lowest total open on the board, Northwestern and Iowa, this opened at 31 and a half. Seemed a little low, uh, given, you know, just it's an extreme low for a sport like football. And sure enough, we see a move there, 31 and a half, up to 35 now over at Circa. So, and we've also seen a little bit of a move here, minus nine at the open in favor of Iowa. We are over that 10 now, sitting at 10.5 in favor of the Hawkeyes. So really low total, um, kind of a crappy game on the surface, but uh, one that has the potential to be hilarious between two relatively bad teams. All right, when we come back, let's take a look at it from the bookmakers' and oddsmakers' perspective. Matt Grill, trading manager from DraftKings, will be with us on the floor. We'll get his thoughts on some of these quarterback issues that we've discussed already, some of the improvement power ratings, and talk about some of those moves around key numbers coming up next here on College Lines Revealed.
0: Offer valid on Select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
4: Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on AE Crime Central. Crave Adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Haya.
1: VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to the best betting talent in the game. So why wouldn't you sign up? If you haven't subscribed yet, you're mad, i tell you. Sign up now. 99 bucks. Get VEASAN Pro access all the way through the Super Bowl. Get everything we have to offer, including our 24-7 live shows and more. All less than the normal monthly rate. You also get VEASAN subscriber-only season prep guides. NHL, NBA, World Cups, coming college basketball. I've already started writing some of that, too. It's the best bet in the game. 99 bucks. VEASAN Pro. Now for the Super Bowl. Sign up at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. We are. College football lines revealed, but a quick NFL note just in passing. It's time. Rip the Band-Aid off. Sam Ellinger era begins today. Come on. Let's do it. Let's just, just go full in. Okay. Let's welcome in our friend, joins us every single week, Matt Grill, trading manager over there at DraftKings. Matt, always good to talk to you. Um, so first off, I heard you uh, in my earpiece here. I was listening like a kind of creep. What is Sunday's like for you in general? What do you guys call it down there in the trading room floor?
3: Oh, we have names for all these crazy days. You know, we call it the Sunday Sprint. You know, now we call it the the Monday McFlurry on Mondays with all the market moving around. So just got to have fun with it, right?
1: Yep. Uh, Well, I would assume on your end, uh, it is a little bit of a wild day, especially when you start to put these up and uh, screens start lighting up and action starts coming in. So let's I wanted to start off with uh, part of the conversation we were having before we had you on, uh, which is kind of gleaning information from the numbers themselves right so for example uh, when you talk about a, an Ohio State Penn State matchup where you guys hang up 14 and a half on the look ahead it is 14 and a half 15 as at this point right now if there was respected support and a rush of support for Penn State this would come off of 15 and 14 and a half but the fact that it hasn't kind of gives us an indication right that you know what the market is perfectly fine with Ohio State laying just over that key number of 14.
3: Yeah, good points, JBT. So we put up 14 half on Wednesday, as you mentioned, and there was a little bit of early support on Ohio State. Of course, Penn State came out and looked pretty good against Minnesota. Sean Clifford had a good game. Ohio State, of course, didn't play their best and still won by 40-plus points. So there's a tough team to go against right now,
1: and I think you're seeing it reflect in the market here being over two touchdowns. So from there, let's talk a little bit about some key issues and uh, quarterbacks. It seems a quarterback injuries have kind of been uh, very frequent this season. An important one, though, and at the beginning of the year, if I were to tell you that Adrian Martinez would be one of the more impactful injuries of college football. I think you'd scoff, but that is the point. Martinez gets injured after the first drive for K State. They go on to lose that game. Now they got to play host to Oklahoma State. Uh what are your guys doing, at least in terms of monitoring this and the number you hung up with question marks about Martinez availability next week for K State?
3: Yeah, he left in the first quarter, didn't really know the, the extent of his injury. Will Howard came in, did a good job, got them up by 18. Of course, they weren't able to hang on. He got injured as well, came back in the game late. By then, it was a little bit too late. So Oklahoma State, though, they're just the walk wounded right now. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, work with an Okie State alum, and they, I think they were missing six starters yesterday. Got a couple more injuries. They were down to the third string center that game. So this was one of the tougher games to put up today. We're three in the look ahead with K-State. Uh, the markets are on pick right now. We're at uh, – K-State minus one. So if Will Howard plays, I could still see this being K-State favored. I think they should be favored in that case. It's an important game in the in the conference, and we'll see what happens with the injury situation.
1: How high do you think it gets if we get in the news that Martinez is going to play?
3: If he plays, I'd have a backup around three-and-a-half or so uh, on the other side of the field goal here with K-State. So I I think they're just a little bit the better team right now with the Oklahoma State injury situations and a little bit of luck factor. I think the penalties against Texas were 14 or 15-0 to notoriously if you're a Longhorn fan, so they might have a little bit of luck on their side. Of course, it was a good comeback, but this is another interesting game in the Big 12 this week.
1: Uh, The other interesting quarterback situation, and part of it is injury. Uh, Play might have something to do with whether or not they hold him back, but Tyler Van Dyke gets knocked out of the game against Duke with a shoulder injury. Jake Garcia goes into that matchup. Uh, I would think, Matt, at this point, after watching Van Dyke over the last four or five games or so, you obviously want him to be healthy, but I would say there's not much of a difference between Garcia and Van Dyke. Am, Am I right in thinking that?
3: Yeah, not not too much. Maybe a, a point or two here. Just it's it's really one of the most unappealing games of the schedule this week. This Miami at Virginia game. Yep. Somebody has to win. Uh, of course, Virginia did get up, pick up a win last week against Georgia Tech, but not one of the more, more appealing games on the schedule.
1: All right, let's talk about some teams that have been upgraded from a rating standpoint, or at least I would assume. Uh, how much have you upgraded Illinois given this run? How dominant they've been defensively? Because I think at the beginning of the year uh, we were just talking about this Illinois Nebraska probably projected to be two teams that rated similarly to one another, but now we're talking about a near. Touchdown on the road for the Illini.
3: Yeah, Illinois with a great defense, a great rushing attack with Chase Brown. So, they're just kind of plugging along, and you know, they're the favorites in the West now. It's really theirs to lose. The biggest game is, are going to be this one against Nebraska and against Purdue. They take care of those games. They're going to the Big Ten title game. Um, i just say you'd have to split them. So, uh, we'll see here. Illinois just keeps getting some good market respect. Nebraska, you know, the defense has just not been there, so Illinois is the uh, deserved favorite here.
1: Where do you expect this to go? Because I think some spots are higher, a little bit higher than you guys. You guys have five and a half. Uh, there's a six out there right now. Uh, would you expect this to get to full seven or more likely to head toward Nebraska.
3: Tough to say. That's kinda of what we put up that five and a half number. So yeah. you're always gonna have a little bit of Nebraska corn huster uh support out there at Illinois, is obviously the one that's the proven side this uh so far this year and we'll see where it
1: goes. All right let's uh let's talk about uh, let's keep with the theme of upgrades. How much have you upgraded Oregon? Uh, They have looked tremendous since, since losing that game. I think they've scored 40, right, in every single game except for the Georgia contest, so it's every game since then. And now coming off of a game which the final score does not indicate how comfortable that victory was for them, how much have you upgraded Oregon, and where have you moved for this number? Because I think some spots open pretty low here, and we're over 14.
3: Yeah, Oregon, I've got them up to seventh in my ratings. You've got the top three teams, of course, in Ohio State, Alabama, and, uh, and uh, Georgia. And then the next three teams with Clemson, Michigan, and Tennessee, right below them, you got Oregon. So they've been moving up the ladder ever since that blowout loss to Georgia to start the year. Gosh, if they just didn't have that such a bad defeat there, who knows what their, the future will hold for for them. So have a chance here, they, they definitely hold the, the cards now in the Pac-12, and they should keep it rolling here on the road.
1: All right. The inverse of that is teams that have been downgraded. Uh, how bad is it for Texas A&M, and where are you guys at here, Ole Miss? Um, no, no contest against LSU, but it looks like they're road favorites here against the Aggies.
3: Yeah, it was a tough uh, number to make here. With this just with Ole Miss coming in, getting uh, finally getting uh, uh, suffering defeat on the hands of LSU, twenty-eight nothing second half there. A&M now three and four. Are they going to quit on Jimbo? They're down to uh, Connor Weigman at quarterback. So tough number to make here. Ole Miss though. Even in spite of that, still controls their own destiny in the West. So they still have something to play for. A&M really, at this point, does
1: not. What do you make of a spot like UCLA? Because really, it's kind of some handicappers call them dream crushers, right? You go on the road against Oregon, you're feeling great. Consecutive wins over big opponents at home, get an off week, then you go and have that result. But then you come home against Stanford. Look, Stanford, we saw them beat Notre Dame. We saw what they did yesterday in a scrappy performance against Arizona State, albeit a bad team. Uh, Where do you have this number, and how much do you factor in a spot like this for UCLA coming off of a loss to Oregon?
3: Yeah, tough spot for UCLA. I mean, it's just one loss that they were expected to lose. They can still win out and probably make the the Pac-12 title game, so they can't be uh, going to sleep here against Stanford. Stanford, of course, I think, according to our numbers, I think they might have played the hardest schedule in the country, maybe at least top five. So they just, every week they're playing a a really tough opponent. So uh, they could maybe give... uh, UCLA here a little bit of fits if they're not paying attention.
1: All right, we'll get you out of here on this cocktail party. Georgia and Florida, uh, where you guys open up. And again, our conversation about some key numbers. It doesn't look like there's a rush to support Florida in the market, is there?
3: No, not too much. We open this 21 and a half the other day. That's kind of where it stands right now. I think we're up to 22, 22 and a half. So, of course, Georgia's going to get support every game. Florida, though, in this kind of spot, getting over three touchdowns, neutral, neutral field could maybe t- start looking at them at 24 or so if you're betting this game.
1: Matt Grill, trading manager of DraftKings. Matt, it's always good to talk to you, man. Thank you for the time. We appreciate it. Thanks, JBT. Yep, you got it. Yeah, the market, look, this schedule is not the greatest, but reading some of these markets and where some of these lines are going to head is going to be pretty fascinating to monitor. Uh, let's go over, before we get you out of here, some of the matchups and numbers uh, that we haven't really hit on quite a bit, at least set the stage for what we're going to watch here. First off, i want to go to the ACC Uh, Wake Forest and Louisville. We did hit on this really quickly, but just to reiterate, this is one of the bigger total moves that we've seen early on on this Sunday. Uh, This total opened up 69 and a half. We were down to 63 and a half and a dead number. Wake Forest opening up as a five-point favorite, still sitting as a five-point favorite. Uh, DraftKings is at four. So again, Sundays, I will say this on every single show, uh, If especially if it's just your first time listening, whatever it is, it is the Wild West with some of these numbers. A one-point difference is a big here, but it does speak to some of the difference in numbers that you will see out there on the market. So there's a low of four and a high of five out there at this point right now for this matchup between Wake Forest and Louisville. Uh, moving on from there for some other matchups that we have seen, SEC game, Missouri, South Carolina. Uh, Adam mentioned Adam Burke when we talked to him about 15 minutes ago. Maybe unsustainable. The success on special teams for the Gamecocks, regardless. South Carolina, six-point favorite over Missouri. The move here is the total. Opened up 48-and-a-half. Down a point and a half to 47 in that SEC matchup. And some of the bigger games on the board we've already hit on, so let's go to a bigger team but a smaller matchup. USC on the road against Arizona. This is also something we mentioned from a totals standpoint, uh, but total 73 and a half at the open, up to 78 right now here at Circa. And the market says 14. I will lay it up to 15 right now in favor of USC. Remember the Trojans, last time we saw them, lost to Utah, got a bye week to think about it and get ready for Arizona. And uh, one would think that this offense, which kind of woke up against Utah uh, after kind of getting stuck in neutral a little bit, is going to be able to even more so with a week to prepare Terrapin, Arizona, on a defense that has not been among the best in the country uh, when it comes to defending opposing offenses. And very quickly want to hit North Carolina Pitt Pitt opens up as a two-point underdog on the road, total of 59.5, and UNC now a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Total has been bet up to 63, so support on the favorite and the over. We're all done here. Again, every single week, College Football lines revealed on Vsin, the Sports Betting Network. Make sure you like, rate, review, and subscribe on the pod. College Football Betting Podcast, the best you're going to find out there, including a lot of great voices. Adam Burke who joined us today, Matt Humans, and others. We'll see you next week.
4: Zumo Play.